Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. It's good to be here with you. Thank you for braving the storm, the California elements. It's rough. I know it's such an important thing to us. Somewhere there's three feet of snow. I don't know what that looks like, but we have mist and winter's over. And that's it. That was fun, that wasn't it? Let's pause and let's pray as we continue this morning. Father, we are grateful. Lord, we're grateful for the weather, for the rain that we so need. We are are grateful for how you not only supply the earth with what it needs, you supply us with what we need. And we are here this morning that you would supply us those things that are helpful for us to live a life that is full, to live a life that is abundant, to live a life that is complete. And so I ask that this morning your presence would be evident and you would be speaking even through my speaking, that you would be touching hearts and souls and lives deeper than my words could do. God, that you would do a deep and lasting work in each of us, Lord, we ask and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're continuing our series called Complete. Last week was our our first in the series, and we talked about Jesus' words where he said, therefore, be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we, we spoke about how perfect doesn't mean without flaw. What it means is mature. It means fully developed. It means being what God has created you to be. And, and so really this idea of complete is connected to the one who makes us complete, which is God. That we are incomplete without him. We are complete when we fulfill the lives we were created to have by him. And so I want to look a little bit more at what that looks like to be complete. And how do we get there? A lot of times we we want the end result, but we're not really that fond of the process. And I think we're going to see that even more so this morning. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, open it to James chapter 1. And if you need a copy of the scriptures, raise your hand and Val can get you one. But we'll be in James chapter 1 and we're going to start... At verse 2, James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let's just let that sink in, okay? I know you read those things and it's easy to say, oh yeah, that's in the Bible. But something about this verse always slaps me in the face when I read it. It really does, because I don't do that. I don't usually consider, oh, joy. <laughs> Look what's happening in our lives. Oh, joy. This is, that's, anyway, that's maybe just me. I don't think so. I talked to some of you. So consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. These words by James are, are difficult because they ask something of us that is difficult. To count it joy when we face testings, trials of any kind. But there's a couple of things that we need to understand. First of all, we need to see that the reason this is happening in verse 3, it says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I don't know about you, but when a difficulty happens in my life, when some kind of trial happens, when some event takes place that rocks my world and shakes the boat, I take it personal. Oh no, I'm being tested here. I, I'm on trial. I, I'm going through something. But really what he says here, it's the testing of your faith. It's the testing of what it is you believe more than it is the testing of you. Because you are made up of what you believe. And many times we detached that. We see something, we take it personal, and we say, oh man, I'm going through something. No, what's happening is what you believe is going through something because now we're going to see what you really believe because of what you're going through. And so this belief that you have is developing perseverance, endurance. And endurance is one of those things that is important because it is one of the things that lasts. That's why it's endurance. It's perseverance. And really what James talks about continually through this book is this idea of what will last. And so do we have a, a belief, a faith in God that will last? So many people, maybe you know, and so many people I know, have professed to have a faith in God. I believe in God. Yeah, God is so important to me. But that faith did not last. Circumstance came, a, a difficulty, a testing, and they crumbled. And you see, I think what happens in those situations and what it can happen to us as well is... We like the idea of being connected to God and God loving us. And we like all this idea of the God being for us. But when life gets tough and we have to actually go through the difficulty, we bail out. It's too tough. I don't want to deal with that. And we human beings struggle with this in so many areas. It's that follow through. Have you guys started projects that you've never finished? Anyone here? Started books that some of you are snickering at each other. Some of you are looking at your husbands. <laughs> you, you started a book, but you didn't finish it. You had an idea. Oh, I want to do this. And you're, man, you start with such 
fire and such, man, enthusiasm. I'm going to see this through. This year, I am going to learn Spanish. I am. I've got an app on my phone. I'm going to Mexico. I am determined to learn Spanish. But you know what? I mean, I've had this app for three days, and yesterday I forgot to do my homework. It's been three days. So I've got to do twice as much today as I because I didn't do yesterday's homework. And you see, the problem is now that I'm in the middle of it, wow, that's going to take time and I've got to go through this. And it's easy when the testing comes, when you have to actually deal with the hard stuff to say, that's too hard. I just want things to be easy. And see, what's being tested through the difficulty isn't you. It's really what you believe. It's showing, it's exposing what it is you really believe. It's exposing how deep that belief is. And it's developing that faith that you have, endurance, the ability to see it through, which is what we need more than anything, especially if we are going to be mature and complete. And the words that are there in verse 4 that say mature, it's the same word that's used in Matthew that says be perfect. It's telios. It means be fully developed. And then I love that. Be mature and complete. Lacking nothing. Now, we all want that. I want to be mature. I want to be complete. I don't want to be lacking anything. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't lack because he provides everything. That just sounds so beautiful. That, that's where I want to sit. That's, that's the sun shining down on your face and making you feel warm and fuzzy. That just sounds good. But you see, to get there, you got to go through the hard times. There is no other way. I am sorry to break the news if you had the idea that this life and following Jesus was something that would take away your problems. It's not. Just got to tell you the truth. What's going to happen is you are going to go through problems because now that belief needs to be tested. It needs to be strengthened. It needs perseverance. And it's always been that case with those who chose to follow Jesus at the time that James wrote this. The persecution was intense. It was physical. It was severe. It was their lives were on the line. And it's been that way through history. It's always going to cost us something if we're going to make a choice to be a follower of Jesus. Because that faith needs to be tested and it needs more than anything to be seen. It needs to endure. And God cares and loves us enough to let us grow in this way. But it's not fun. It's not fun. And so maybe we can find a little bit more about what it means to be complete here, not so much in first looking at it, but by looking at what it isn't. Okay, and what what happens here is James gives us a little picture of telling us if you don't have this kind of faith, this is what you look like. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and he'll give it to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. 
That's an example of what it doesn't look like to have this faith. You're like a wave of the sea just tossed by the wind. Now, waves are interesting. I mean, I always love going to the ocean and watching them come crashing in the shore. And I don't know about you, I had this kind of romantic idea that, you know, every wave that crashes is like water from a distant shore, from some paradise island somewhere. And now it's traveled its way to California. And it, it's gotten a little polluted along the way. But here it is, crashing on on our shores. And just this imagining of this, where is this, you know, been? But that's really not what waves are. You see, waves don't have a force or energy of their own. They seem to have that kind of character, but they don't. They're just rather a product of their environment. Waves are just directed by the tides, by the wind. The water just moves wherever the elements push it. And he's saying your faith is not supposed to be like that. Your faith doesn't get pushed just because an event happens. It doesn't get pushed over here. Oh, no, I I don't have faith now. Why? Because this happened. And then it gets pushed over here. Oh, I do have faith now. Why? Because this happened. And then again, it gets pushed back and forth. Your, Your faith, your belief in God isn't supposed to be pushed by other elements, by these outside elements, by these trials that come in. It's supposed to be something that stands apart from the circumstances that are around it. And that's the only way something can grow and be mature is if it isn't swayed by every little thing. Oh, we're affected by those things. It affects us emotionally. It might affect us physically. It might affect us financially. But it doesn't affect our belief and our relationship with God. That's what matures and that's what doesn't lack. The other day, Corrine was talking to a friend on the phone and she's going through some pretty serious things physically, dealing with some problems. And along with those times of physical problems come usually other problems. When you are put through that kind of strain, it it affects all the areas of your life. And so it's affecting her marriage right now. And so... She's married, they have children, she's going through this physical problem and it's affecting the relationship. And she was talking to Corrine and saying, yeah, we're, we're having a hard time, we're really going through some difficulties right now. And Corrine shared with her, yeah, that's going to happen, it's not uncommon. Sam and I, went through a lot of things. And of course, I listen now. I'm like, what are you saying? You're talking about me? And she shared about the difficulties that we have gone through and the struggles that we faced, especially when our kids were smaller. It, It was a lot of pressure. We had four kids in diapers at the same time. That's right. <laughs> I feel bad for us. Okay, we had the twins, and then we had the other two. 
And they were all in diapers. And so I would get up, get up early, and I would go to work. And in my job, I had to do a lot of overtime and just to make ends meet. So I was gone. And I hated the job where I was at. It was a difficult job. It was working some construction. The guy I worked for, the boss, he I had to fight to get the overtime that I put in because he was trying to steal that from me. And I worked with other people who were like his relatives, but I was in a position over them. And they wanted my job, so they'd go to him and they would start talking to him about me and making up stories that I was, you know, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I just want out of this. This is terrible. And I had it easy. See, I left. Corrine was home with four ones in diapers, four little kids, and I was gone all day. And so I'm thinking, man, I had a rough day. And she's like, don't even talk to me. <laughs> don't even talk to me about your rough day. I'm out of here. I'm, I've got to go. Otherwise, I'm going to... It won't be good. You'll read about me on the news. Okay. And so we were just constantly in this confrontation of my life is just struggling and my life is struggling and we're married. And so our marriage was struggling. It was rough. There was times where we just didn't like each other very much. Just being honest. And it was hard. And I remember calling home just to see what was the mood going to be like when I got there. I'd be like, hello? Did I hear a happy, friendly, warm voice? Or did I hear another voice? <laughs> when are you going to be home? Oh, I'm on my way. And I just kind of gear up for it. Just to get a, a little feel. Just put my foot in the water. See what the elements were like when we'd get there. And, and it was rough. And this happened... For years. And we probably didn't deal with it as well as we should have. We probably should have went and got some counsel and some help. And we both struggled. But this was testing us to see, are you really committed to each other? You made a vow to God, to each other that you were going to stay together for better, for worse. You guys know it. Sickness and health. Richer. We haven't experienced that yet. Or poorer. <laughs> Is that vow true? How do you know it's true? By persevering through the difficulties. There is no other way. And there came a time, and I can't tell you exactly what it was, but there was a change, and I know it happened with both of us, Corrine and I, when we said, I don't want to live miserable. I don't want to hate you. I'm married to you. I want to enjoy our lives. Let's deal with this. And it pushed us to deepen the relationship, to deepen the conversation, not only with each other, but with ourselves. Are you going to let this dictate how you live? 
Are you the wave and you're tossed here and you're blown there and every circumstance that comes changes who you are, changes how you love, changes what you believe? We said, no, we are not going to do that. And we made a conscious decision, both of us. And I, I don't know if it was at the same time, it seemed to work together where we just sat down and said, okay, we're, we're married, we're going to persevere, and we're going to do it right. We're not going to let our lives be miserable. We're not going to hate each other. I'm not going to dread having to come home. I don't want to call and wonder who's there when I get home. I want to come home regardless. And she said, you know, I'm not going to despise you because you have to go out to work and leave me with these kids. And I don't want to be angry with you because of the struggles that I have. And we both made that decision that we are going to endure this, but we're not going to just endure it. We are going to endure it well. And our marriage was tested through that difficult time through those difficult years. And so when people come up to us and they say, yeah, we're really struggling in our marriage, you know, I mean, it's, man, we've been having a struggle for man, probably weeks now. And just kind of, weeks? Weeks? Let me tell you about struggles. I don't say that, but I just know it's Okay. Struggles will help deepen your relationship with one another if the situation doesn't dictate your relationship, but it's the other way around. You see, our faith isn't dictated by the things that happen to us in our lives. Our faith is proven through those things, and our faith is what holds us through the difficult times in our lives and there is no other way to be mature there is no other way to be complete there is no other way to lack nothing than to go through the difficulties you've got to endure that's the only way you get through it victorious otherwise i just want the easy way out every time something confronts you you bail Every time a relationship gets hard, this is too much. Every time a job gets difficult, you quit. Every time you have to learn that word that's difficult to pronounce, you say, ah, Spanish is too hard. I'm going to stop. It's with this male and female verb stuff. I don't get this. And you stop pushing into it, then you will never be mature. You will never be complete. And you will lack. And so if we have an understanding that what's happening when we face the trial, and and I want you to think about your life. Think of something that is happening in your life that is testing you right now. Okay, I know all of you already got something. You already thought of it. It didn't take long, right? You guys probably said, I got something. It jumped in your mind first off. Maybe it was a debt. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was an ailment. Something jumped in your head because that's what life is. Well, whatever that thing that jumped in your life is, understand that what that's doing right now is not testing you. It's testing what you believe. It's showing what you believe. It's 
bringing it out on display. Here is the problem. Here is what you believe. How do they line up? Well, I believe in God and I believe he is there for me. I believe that he is working in my life. Okay, so then what does this look like in light of what you believe? Or is what you believe determining what you feel about God? In other words, our problems here and our God's down here instead of, no, God is here and this is where my difficulty is. How are you living? Because if you're like the waves and every circumstance comes and crash, I'm blown over here and all oh, the wind's taking me over here and oh man, I'm getting seasick. Man, life is so difficult. Guess what? When you ask God for something, nothing's going to happen. Why? Because your belief in God isn't what's determining your life. Your life is being determined by every circumstance instead of by what you believe. And so we need to get to a place where our belief determines how we experience things and not the other way around. Our belief is what guides us through. So instead of us being the waves of the sea tossed back and forth, we're a ship and we're going somewhere and we have a destination and the waves crash against us, but they don't determine our course. And there's no other way to be mature, to be complete, than to go through these things. The the two things that James talks about here are patience and wisdom. Patience. I remember someone telling me, you're the most patient man I know. I like that. The reason he said that is because he saw me one day with my kids. And in his mind, I should have been crazy or or killed them or something, okay, because they were wild. I I went to a home yesterday training, doing some dog training, and the family had four children, little children. And I forgot how loud your house could be with four little kids. And I went in there and, I mean, the kids, they're just like, so what's your name? What are you doing? Here, let me play with the dog. And it's like, well, here, let's leave the dog alone because I'm trying to work with the dog. Here, well, I'll hold them for you. No, no, just put them down. And I had four kids that were trying to help me train the dog. (laughs) And so, and I'm just like, I'm, you know, I've got to be patient because, you know, I'm, they're going to pay me. You know, I'm sitting here and I've got to deal with it. But she was patient. She was just used to it. These are just her kids. I'm thinking, man, these kids are in the way. They're in the way every day for this woman. (laughs) Right? And so she's just enduring. She's like, yeah, no, this is life. And I looked at her and I said, man, she's the most patient woman in the world. (laughs) And then I remembered. That was said about me one time because I was in that same situation. And all it was is I was numb to the four kids (laughs) going crazy around me. It's like, okay, yeah, they're jumping on me. Yep, that's how life is. I'm just used to it now. But you see, patience is a necessary thing if we're going to get through that because we don't see the results. It's something future and we have to wait. And you have to wait with patience. But then he also includes wisdom. And boy, is that something that's necessary. If you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives freely. I don't know 
what I'm supposed to do in this situation, but I believe in you. I'm not going to be moved by the situation. God, I'm going to be moved by you, so help me know what direction to move. My job, it's going to be closing, and the company's going out of business, and I need to look for other work. God, I'm not going to be moved by this situation. I'm going to look to you in this situation, but I need to know which direction to move next. Where should I step? Where should I go? God, I just found out that my child is sick, that they have an ailment, that there is a mental illness or there is a cancer there. And God, I'm not going to be moved by this situation. I'm going to be moved by you. But God, I need to know where you want me to move and how you want me to live in this situation. And the circumstances now become the opportunities for God to give you wisdom how to live. And I wish I could just take away the pain and say it's going to go away. It's going to be easy. But I got to tell you, it's not. It's going to be difficult. God is there to give you wisdom. Be patient in this. Don't let your belief be tested to the point where it moves. You see, but if you stand, you can ask of God, And he will show up. And you see, what maturity looks like, what being complete looks like, is not a person who doesn't go through difficulties, but a person who knows who they are through the difficulties. And that in spite of circumstances, your faith stands and it's seen. And it endures. And that's really what people are looking for. A faith that will endure. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 writes this. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. So fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since that what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Put your eyes on God. Put your belief, your faith on God. When your faith is tested, keep your eyes on the prize. And though outwardly we're perishing, inwardly, We're being renewed day by day. And he says our light and momentary troubles are achieving a lasting glory, an enduring glory. It's hard to consider problems we go through light and momentary. And if anyone knew what problems were, Paul did. He would go without food. He would go without shelter. He would be beaten for his faith. And he called them light and momentary afflictions. And you see, what's hard for us to understand is that God has something so 
good for you, so glorious for you, that whatever you go through, he says it's worth it. Karina and I have gone through some struggles with our children. Some of you know, because it wasn't that secret. We'd run into people who live in Upland. and Oh, we know your kids. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people know our kids. And it was very trying. But if you were to ask us at any time, would you rather not have your child than go through this? There's never a moment where I'd say yes, no. The love I have for my kids and the difficulty I went through, it doesn't compare. I can't imagine my life without my children. I can't imagine a moment where they weren't a part of my life. And that's what made it so difficult going through the hard times. I can't imagine life without them. Well, is it worth having children? I'd say yes. Even if they did this and even even if they break your heart in the worst imaginable way, I can't imagine not having the love there that I have for them. And you see, God has something for us that we don't yet see. It's unseen. But the light momentary things you're going through, they're not worth comparing to what God sees in you. And so he sees in you something that is complete. He sees in you something that is perfect. Even as we spoke about last week, he sees something. He's created you to be something that is beyond your ability to comprehend. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about this a little further. In verse 31, he says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. And says, for as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. Now that doesn't sound very good. To go through all these things, you know, we're we're going through hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. We're like sheep going through the slaughter. Who wants to sign up? Right? It's like, whoa. But in this, he continues, says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. You're not a victim. You're a conqueror. I have cancer. You're not a victim. You're a conqueror. Your faith is not shaken. My child has committed suicide. You're not a victim. You're a conqueror. You have something that cannot be measured against. It is God himself who is at work in your life, producing perseverance, who is seeing you through and producing something that is amazing, that will stand as a light to the world. It'll stand for a strength to those who are struggling. 
you will be able to go before God and ask for wisdom and he will give you wisdom through whatever that circumstance is and give you strength to do that and be an example to those who are there. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is our faith. That is our belief. That is where we stand. That is where I plant my anchor and I stay there. This is one of my all-time favorite passages in Scripture. And I can remember my son asking me one time, he said, Dad, what's your favorite Scripture? And I remember thinking, yeah, I've got a Scripture for you. And I quoted him the Scripture and I even was... Emphatic as I was quoting, neither death nor life nor things. I was just, I was going to make this his favorite scripture too. And after I finished sharing the scripture and I was like, ta-da. And he just sat there. Hmm. He was unimpressed. And I was like, man, how could you be unimpressed? And I said, well, what's your favorite scripture? He goes, I like the one where Jesus says, where two or more are gathered in my name. I'm there in their midst because I know he's with me. I've got a new favorite scripture. The simplicity is he's with us. The truth about our faith is that we're not alone. Our faith is always in something. And when our faith is tested, It's the one who is with us that's being tested, not just us. And so when you go through that awful situation, you're not going through it alone. Someone is with you. When you have to endure the pain of a a failed relationship or a terminal illness, you're not alone. Someone is with you. And you see, he is working in you a far greater glory than you can imagine. To be mature, to be complete, our faith has to be tested. And so let's not shy away from the test. Let's stand firm. Let's see the reality of what is being tested isn't just me. It's me and Jesus. That's what's being tested. He's not going to let go of me. Am I going to let go of him? Because that's where the test is. And that's the relationship that needs to persevere and needs to mature. Let's pray. Lord, I I pray for everyone who is here who is being tested. They are in a trial to some degree or another. Lord, for some it feels like the end of the world. 
For some, it's an ongoing trouble that just doesn't seem to go away. It's like a, a continuous pain that just nags and nags and nags at them. And I pray for them, God, that they would persevere, that they would recognize that what's happening isn't happening to them alone, but it's happening to them and to you. What's being tested, God, is their belief. And so I pray you would help us to see that, to be able to understand those things so that we can, with patience, endure, that we can request from you wisdom to go through those things. And so, Lord, even here this morning, we, we want to come before you and, and ask for wisdom. We want to make our stand in your camp. You are with us. And so if you are with us, God, what do you want us to do? As everyone is praying right now and your head is bowed, if you are going through a trial of some kind, and you would like prayer for this situation, would you stand up so I can pray for you? Anyone here that just wants prayer for a situation? God bless you guys. Don't be afraid. If there's something going on, we're all in this boat. And I want you to think about this trial that has caused you to stand. And I want you to see this difficulty as a wave. And I want you to see that next to you is a rock. Huge rock, and that rock is Jesus. And the wave will crash against the rock, but the rock will stand. And you will either hold on to the rock or you will go to the sea. And Lord, we are standing here this morning holding on to you. And so what has caused everyone here to stand right now, Lord, I pray that they would hold on to you through this trial, through this difficulty. Lord, that we would not be moved by the waves, but the waves would have no effect on us and what we believe. What we believe is you. So we stand together. Two of us, more of us are here recognizing that you are in our midst. You are our rock and our salvation. We will not be moved. Repeat that after me. We will not be moved. Say it. We will not be moved. One more time with confidence. We will not be moved. We trust in you, Lord. Our faith is tested and we will not be moved. God bless you guys. Let's stand and close in one last song.